Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. Hey, welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. We have been so excited about our summer retreat season, which is in just a couple of weeks away, that we have forgotten to mention that the start of summer retreats also means the end of season four of the Lighthouse Podcast. Yeah, don't focus on the word end, right? Because <laughs> it's not the end, it's just we're wrapping right. up season four and getting ready for... Season five coming after summer retreats. It has been, um, honestly, it's been super fun. It's been a joy. And also it's been a real honor to bring this podcast to our whole Lighthouse family and beyond the last, wow, couple of years. Yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty cool. And hey, don't worry if this, you're just now starting to listen to us, you just discovered us and we're about to take a break, right? You're like, oh, but I just got started. No worries. We've got four seasons you can catch up on. So make sure you go back to beginning and listen to all those episodes. You've got all summer to do that to get caught up so you can jump right in with us for season five. And many of these episodes are even worth a re-listen. If you've heard them once before, that doesn't mean you can't go back and hear them again. That's right. Absolutely. Especially, you know, if you're going through a specific season and you're like, you know, I could really use some encouragement and go back and listen to a family or a story from a doctor or nurse or somebody that's going to help you um, to get through that season. So absolutely do that. So today's episode, we are spending time with a family that has really been just through so much and we are really honored that they've agreed to come come and share their story with us. We first met Kristen and Nate Haley, who are from Rochester, New York, on one of our sunrise retreats in 2021, which is our retreat for families who have lost a child to cancer. Kristen and Nate's son, Ethan, passed away in 2020 at the age of 12 from anaplastic ependymoma. Kristen and Nate are going to share their story with us as well as how their four other kids are doing. Here's our conversation with them and check out our show notes um, after you listen for a recording of Ethan's testimony that he recorded himself um, not long before he passed away. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We're really glad you guys are joining us. For our listeners out there, um, why don't you guys start with uh, your story around Ethan and where did things get started and what was his diagnosis? Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, In February 2018, Ethan started having symptoms and um, different things like when he would lay on his right side, he'd be dizzy. he was it, it things just kept progressing so he started vomiting every day losing weight sleeping in till noon um i have to wake him up and be like hey you gotta do some school today <laughs> you know not knowing what was going on um and so during that time we were um seeing different specialists like they sent us to a heart specialist there wasn't much there and then we went to a gi doctor and during that appointment ethan looked at me and he said mom i see two of you and so that's when i realized um it was something in his brain not his heart or his stomach or anything um Mm. so not too long after that i took him i drove him to rochester which we were living in elmira at the time so it's almost two hours to rochester And I took him, I just took him right to the ER. Um, 
and I told them he had fallen down the stairs too. Like that was something, the basement stairs previously. Um, and for no apparent reason. So when we got to the ER, I told them um, all of his symptoms and then that he had fallen down the stairs and I thought maybe he was bleeding on the brain or something <clears throat> was going on. I never thought cancer. So um, they took him in and they did an MRI and they came back with um, a picture of the MRI. They didn't even say anything at first. It just popped up on the screen when they walked in and I could see the tumor in the screen. Um, so they, they were hopeful at that point, like very optimistic that it was a low grade ependymoma. Um, but we wouldn't, at that point, we didn't know until after surgery that it was a more aggressive grade three ependymoma. So how old was he at that time? And how long ago was that for you guys? Like how far back from today, from this year? So he was 10. Yeah. So three years ago. Okay. So it started in 2018? Okay. Yeah. The beginning of the year, like February, we started having symptoms. And then in, in May is when he had the surgery. And um, yeah. And then radiation after that. So did they walk you when, you know, you mentioned you didn't know what grade it was till after the surgery. After that, did they walk you through a treatment plan? What, what did they tell you his treatment would look like? Yeah, they said that the best treatment is just surgery and then radiation. Um, chemo doesn't seem to affect this type of tumor. Um, so that wasn't really, I mean... It probably was an option, I guess, but not in the beginning. Okay. Later on, they brought that to us later. So, yeah, just surgery and radiation. And so when he had the surgery, they got all of it out, they said. Um, and so that was the best scenario to get all of the tumor out. Um, and then he had seven weeks of radiation. So Monday through Friday, we went every day. And that was up here in Rochester. So I was living up here with the kids at the Ronald McDonald house and Nate was home working. Wow. So you've got four other kids and Ethan who has to go to radiation every single day. And how do you manage that? I mean, how are you managing five kids and one having radiation every day? And did he have like, did the radiation affect him where you had to be there with him all the time? He did radiation so well. Like, he had no um, side effects other than losing his hair. He was energetic, mostly. I mean, he would have a day here or there that he was tired, but just because we would go swimming or, you know, do something else that made him more tired. Um, we, the Ronald McDonald house was, I don't know, maybe five blocks from the hospital. And so most days we would all just, I'd, get all them and walk to the hospital because it was beautiful. It was summer. We'd spent the whole summer there. There was a, a children's center. It was part of the Ronald McDonald house, but it was sibling in room. a sibling room. Yeah. In the hospital where I took the kids, okay. the other four kids, and I would drop them off there and they would watch the kids while I took Ethan to radiation. Hmm. So I dropped them off, go down to radiation or go to the cancer center 
and take him to radiation, which radiation treatments weren't long, um, but it was still yeah you know, every day. And but still, you're homeschooling, right? And so you're managing all of that, and Nate's back home working, so that had to be really hard for you, managing all that. Nate, that had to be tough as well, though. Being home, yeah. you're 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 staying home to work and provide and have an income, but at the same time, not being a part of the day to day and being able to help out, and uh, that had to be tough uh, as a dad. Um, and I'm sh- I'm sure maybe you got to still get up for weekends, but during the week a lot that that had to be tough. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a uh, trying time um, to where. You know, later on afterwards, I realized that I actually was slipping into a good bit of depression during that because um, when I was there during the week by myself, I never reached out to friends or anything and just kind of like hunkered down in a hole and um, yeah, and just look forward to weekends. And it was, of course, one of the rainiest summers that we had in Elmira. So <clears throat> every time you wanted to go do something, it was raining anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that had to be tough. So at 10, Ethan is not a little, little one. Like, he's aware of what's going on. How did you how did you talk to him about what was going on and his prognosis and the treatments? Um, how do you have those conversations? Yeah, I, mean, I think with him being older, um, and he was one that was very mature beyond his years, you know. Like, he got life. He, he understood, um, you know, most aspects that most adults don't understand right um so we felt that we could be very open and honest with him um and you know we shared everything that the doctors would tell us um and you know he just handled it like a champ you know it was just like he's just like okay this is what we need to do this is what we're gonna do you know that's not saying that he didn't have rough days obviously but um yeah, we just tried to be open and honest and include him in everything um, and just so he knew exactly what was coming. So, <laughs> Was he a part with you guys or did you guys include him in, in some of the decisions? Um, since you're saying you know, he was a little bit, uh, kind of maybe an old soul, a little more mature at his age, um, did you guys include him in that? And, and, and if so, you know, what was he included in like where did he participate at the beginning it was um so he had two reoccurrences so the beginning it was like um we were all very you know gung-ho we've got this um and that was so he wasn't making a whole lot of decisions then i don't feel like because it was just surgery radiation okay and then um, the fall of that year, he was clear. So we were like, okay, that's it. This is our story. Oh. Um, then a year later, it came back. Uh, and then I'm not sure that he made too many decisions then, but it was the third time that we um, asked him and offered, because they were then offering trials, so chemo trials. Um, there was one specific one that um, they had offered earlier and said, you know, it's it's not proven to help at all. So we're like, okay, we're not even going to worry about that now. But then at the end, we were like, okay, we're willing to let him do it if he wants to do it. Um, 
and he didn't want to do it. He just, you know, he knew, he understood radiation. That wasn't scary to him. Um, and he knew that the chemo was going to wipe him out and yeah. wasn't a guarantee. I mean, not that radiation was a guarantee, I guess, either, but <clears throat> we knew that that was working so far. Yeah. The other thing he, he um, was involved in deciding about was we did some more natural things and like diet and things like that. And he, we went to him with it and said, are you willing to try this? There's also no guarantee, but it could help if we change your diet and do these extra supplements and different things. And he said, yeah, he wanted to try it. So, and that was huge. It was like a major diet change. (laughs) And so we we did that with him. Um, So it, yeah, it was really difficult, but that was, that was probably a harder decision than not doing chemo for him, I think, because it was affecting him every day. Yeah. Everyday life. What about conversations with your other kids? You have four other kids. They were all different ages. Some were quite little at this time. How much did they know about the treatment? And as, as things came back, when it came back twice, like how much were you discussing with them? And how do you make those decisions of what you tell your kids, you know, the siblings, especially the younger ones? Again, we just tried to be as open and honest, especially with the older ones. Um, it was... Um, I think we got more into sharing more details, I guess, you know, on the third time around. Um, but the first and the second time, I think we were trying to be very careful also to just like try to keep life as normal as possible. So we didn't really talk about it that much. It's like they, they were experiencing it. They knew what was going on. Um, but we didn't really have to have outright conversations, um, all the time about it. Uh, so I, I think that early on, like I said, we were just trying to keep life as normal for them. So they, they didn't get lost in the, in the journey there as well. Nate, I'm going to go back just before we move on. Um, you know, when, when you talked about being home and, uh, and, that one summer that was really tough, right? And and uh, you even were battling a little bit with depression. Um, I'd love for you to share, you know, kind of hindsight here, like for the dads and or moms as well that are that are in a similar position, right? That that maybe they have that tough time, uh, or maybe they're similar where they're isolated because the other parent is off with treatment and with the other kids, and they're having to stay back. What did you learn through that that you could share that would that could encourage others on how to how to navigate a season like that? Because that's not uncommon, right? To have a season like that where where the rest of the family has to go somewhere at a distance for treatment. Um, I'd love to just have you share a little bit of you know what did you learn that you know maybe you didn't know then that you would have done different or that you just helped you get through it. I'm still learning that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is understanding the danger of isolation um, and just especially in a traumatic time like that, you know, to where my, my initial reaction is to like, well, this is what we got to do. So you just buckle down, you, you just do what you got to do and feel completely helpless and you can't, you can't be there for your family, but yet I have work, right? I can 
I can provide. That's how I can do it. Um, but uh, that's a tough one because I'm literally still trying to learn how to uh, function through these type of events. Um, so it's a tough, tough one to answer, I guess. Your initial gut answer is is such a great one. Of you know, it's going to be easy to to fall into the isolation. So really being aware of that and looking for how do you not like how do you put things in place whether that's community um a network of friends different things like that that are going to help you to not isolate right because it's going to be the natural piece to do that so i think that in itself is that's just great hindsight were you guys able to find community like of not just your friends that you had before, but friends that were going through, like when you were at the Ronald McDonald house, were you guys able to find a community of people that were kind of going through along the same path that you were? Oh yeah. It's uh, <laughs> funny, funny you should ask that question. Uh, Cause <laughs> the whole reason we're in Rochester right now is because the Lord did provide that community of friends. Um, Cause while she was at the Ronald McDonald house with the friends, uh, with the family. Um, we were supposed to go to a, a concert in July. And so she wasn't able to go. So I took a friend of mine, um, to the concert with me. And, um, at that concert, I met, uh, someone while we were, this is going to be so funny, but we were waiting in the line for the bathroom and this guy, Chris Pollock just started talking to me. Um, <laughs> and just you know, talking to a fellow, just being nice. And so once we got into the show, he and his wife sat in front of me. Um, but after the show, he came up to me and said, hey, because somehow while we were waiting, um, I got into the story of Ethan and where my family's at and everything. So after the show, he approached me and said, hey, my family and I, we live in Rochester. You know, here's my number. If you need anything, give me a call. Right. Not thinking anything of it. Um, it was like some people are just being nice. You know, we're just like, okay, great. Thanks. Yep. But two weeks later, I felt the Lord say to uh, go reach out to him. And I, I was like, I don't know what we need. You know, we're well taken care of by the Ronald McDonald house and um, the hospital in itself. And so he just reminded me that we wanted to find a church to visit. And uh, so I texted him and said, hey, do you know of a good church to visit? And it ended up being that they have their own home church. And he invited us to it. And one thing led to another and opened up a job opportunity. And now we're meeting with them and fellowshipping with them and their families. So, wow. And during this time, they were actually walking in a moment with a close friend of theirs that was um, passing away from uh, brain tumors. Oh and there's a lady in our church that actually was also going through cancer, um, brain, tumors. brain tumors. So the Lord really put us in a place to where we were with amongst of people that cared and understood what we were going through. So, Wow, so the answer to my question is yes, you found your people. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great, yes. great and I also story. met that people at the Ronald McDonald House and even at radiation each day, like we would meet I would meet other <clears throat> other people. Um, a few kids 
it was mostly adults because it wasn't specific to children like this cancer center um but yeah we definitely met other people that were walking through it i love that part of your story because i was going to ask you about your faith because um i think there nothing can shake your faith more than something happening to your kid oh my gosh i was going to be good at this question sorry so um, I love to hear that you're looking back and saying, oh my, you know, you found, God found you in the bathroom line of a concert, which may be the first time I've ever heard that kind of a story. But <laughs> how did this whole journey, which is unimaginable to me, how did it affect your faith personally? How do you come out the other side and are able to look back and say, yeah, God provided in the bathroom line at a concert and look where it took us? I, I feel that, you know, our faith has grown um, especially, you know, when we look back at this time and you just, you can see where God's faithfulness was each and every step of the way, you know, every, just providing, um, whether it be top of the line, you know, world renowned doctors for Ethan, um, and even just, you know, make a wish trips and, um, a, group of nurses and doctors that could come into the home towards the end. You know, it was just like one thing after another. It was, there's groups here that helped out financially. Like the, the Lord just put us in a spot to where we could be comfortable during this. And, um, we just couldn't deny, you know, his, his presence through the whole thing. Um, and it was just encouraging for us, you know, even to just, see how Ethan's faith grew um, through that and because I had the conversation with him before and he had mentioned that his relationship with God was not real to him hmm. until he got cancer wow and then in that he just like he got right into it you know was in the word um, it's amazing he just really took the word of God as truth hmm. and not just, okay, I'm reading these words here. That sounds good. Great. It was, no. That's what it says. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. And that's what he did. And so, yeah, I would say the quick, easy answer is, yes, our faith has grown and we were um, turned it over to God completely, you know, as far as just trusting him and knowing that he's sovereign and, you know, praying for healing, but yet not holding on to that hope that he would heal him in the way that we wanted him to. So during the journey with Ethan, like the two and a half years or whatever of the cancer coming and going and coming and going, um, I was, I basically spent the whole time in Psalms and I just like, I would try to get out and read something different and it just, I I couldn't like it was it was almost like I wasn't understanding anything except the Psalms hmm. um, and so I just kept reading all all of whatever 150 chapters just over and over through those um, three years and I felt very close to the Lord during that time um, but it was also not only my own faith, but watching Ethan. You'd think he was like a hundred years old <laughs> and just got it. Um, 
so he inspired me with his faith um and he would just speak truth like he would say things to me like that were encouraging or um like there were times when i was just confused and didn't know what decisions to make or who to trust like whose advice to trust because you get advice from everybody (laughs) doctors friends family whatever just you just get advice from and i just got to the point where i was like very confused and um after one of the appointments he you know i said i don't know whose voice to listen to it was to the nurse because everybody was saying something different and she's like his doctor needs to be the loudest voice in your head this is the nurse saying this and after that appointment we were waiting in the hall and ethan said can i have your phone i want to type something like okay so he typed something and he handed it back to me and he and it said um god's voice needs to be the loudest in your head mom like okay (laughs) so just things like that and it wasn't just you know there were lots of things he would say um or even challenge us sometimes too like correction just (laughs) so (laughs) so watching him and his faith um strengthened and inspired me yeah wow and definitely after his passing um I struggled a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. For um, last year, 2021, like, I felt shaken. Like, my faith was definitely shaken. Um, trying to get <laughs> but it didn't crumble. As a, as a parent... Um, going through that season um, and then experiencing the loss, seeing Ethan's faith and and really um, seeing the transformation of his faith and just how it grew through that, does that provide some peace to you guys um, in his relationship with, with, with God? Most definitely. Um, you know, it was something that this is just another thing to expound upon where he was is he would ask quite often. He's like, do you think that anyone has come to know the Lord through my cancer? Like he would ask that. Wow. So when we had the funeral, we were very intentional in reaching out to those that might not know the Lord. And, um, during his funeral, we knew of like several um, rededications and salvations. And, you know, the thing that is encouraging to me is, is knowing that our son's life was not wasted. Like in the, in the short period of time that he had on this earth, you know, it was, he's had more impact than I'll probably ever have. Um, and that that is encouraging to know that seeing how he walked out his faith that i can stand and know that um and say in confidence that i will see him again and and this is not the end of our story so and not just an impact in the moment um right but he had 
an eternal kingdom impact. And that's incredible. Wow. Hey, thank you guys for sharing that. That's, um, I know that's a hard story you guys have, and, and it's not always easy to, um, to relive that. Um, and so I just really, really value and appreciate you guys going there. Uh, and I know that, um, there's somebody out there that they needed to hear that. And that's, again, that's Ethan's story going beyond the moment and, and making an impact. Um, so thank you guys for going there. I'm going to digress a little bit. So hindsight 2020, you guys are at this point, you're, you're here now and what you guys have been through, there's other families out there that are at the beginning of this, uh, and they, they can see the path in front and, and it may lead to a similar story. What do you have to share that you guys have learned, um, to get through this? So I can start, (laughs) um, I have a few things, um, maybe they don't all go together, but, um, just to take each moment as it comes, Mm. um, to seek the Lord for wisdom and comfort and accept help from others. It's not always easy to do. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, yeah. Let other people serve you. (laughs) Um, and I think one of the big things for us as a family was that um, to just not deny the reality of the situation um, and just gloss it over. So, um, yeah. And mostly to find things to be thankful for. I think that helped us a lot was looking for things to be thankful for um, through it, through all of it. So we had, we had done a thankful board. So for 2020, I had put up a piece of, um, thank you. (laughs) 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 Yeah, just, um, like brown wrapping paper on the wall. And that was our thankful board. And we just had a, a marker there and so for the summer of 2020 which was his last summer we just spent or not just the summer but you know we started it in the summer and went on and it's full of things that we were thankful for through that time um so yeah i think that that is probably the biggest thing mm-hmm. just to choose to be thankful for something yeah <laughs> And uh, the thing that goes along with that is just to find joy in the journey, um, you know, and uh, not to white knuckle your way through because like, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to have bad days and um, it's okay to laugh. Um, I found myself just kind of, I'm going to be the tough guy. We're going to just be strong. We're going to be, and then I just like, it was a zombie. So that wasn't helpful. You know, I missed out on a lot during that time because of that, that mindset. So I would say to find that joy in the journey and do not uh, become that zombie and um, just, uh, what am I going with that? I think I already said it. But yeah, not, not be afraid of emotion, especially in front of your kids. Hmm. Um, 
and to not sacrifice the rest of the family over a sickness. You know, it's again, like you said, we tried to be intentional with trying to keep things as normal. It's hard. It's a, it's a hard balance. It's very easy to sac put the rest of the you know siblings on, on the sacrifice plate, but that's that's a big thing to be like they're going through it too. It's not just it's not just you. So it's to be sensitive to what their feelings are as well, because it's easy to get caught up in how we're just feeling, yeah, and forget others mm -hmm. around us. You mentioned your other kids. How is your family doing? How are the other kids doing? How are you guys? Well, <laughs> every day is different. Um, it's unpredictable. And some days we remember these things and we choose joy and we choose to look for things to be thankful for. And other days it's just, you know, a fight to get out of bed. So I, I think we're doing well, mostly, but that's grief, you know, it's just like ups and downs and a roller coaster. So we're learning to give each other grace through it all i think and some days we totally mess that up <laughs> but we try so this is what i always say to that question is the professionals say we're doing well so. <laughs> <laughs> nate and Kristen, i we just are really grateful yeah. your story is not an easy one to tell and i just i appreciate that you would for us go there again and talk and sharing Ethan with us. We're just really, really grateful um, for your time and your vulnerability. And we just, we thank you for sharing with us. It's always a joy to talk about him again. So we don't always get to. Yeah, we're glad to. <laughs> so thank you. Christy, that, um, gosh, that's, that was emotional. That was very, a very hard conversation to have. It but was, so but grateful. it was also, um, I was just so encouraged by his faith. I know. Um, and just their ability to, to really go there and talk about it, because they've been through a lot. And yeah. it's not easy to to have the conversation and kind of relive. So I'm just even encouraged by that. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty in incredible. And how, how neat is it, right? This is the timing of God, right? That the episode is coming out. Um, this week, and it's his birthday this week, Yes, right? And mm -hmm. that's just even kind of neat. Hey, so you guys heard Christy mentioned uh, in the beginning before we started interviewing him that uh, in the show notes, there is a link to a video of Ethan, uh, and that's him sharing his testimony literally just a few days before he passed. I really want to encourage you guys to go into the notes, click that, and check it out. It is a very impactful um, video. So, and we just want, we're so grateful that they um, shared that with us to yes. share with you guys. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening today. This, this one for us was, uh, it was a special one uh, for sure. Emotional, um, spiritual. Uh, we learned a lot and it was just a really neat one to, to get to sit with them. And, you know, I always think that, you know, we're always wishing for a world without childhood cancer, but until that world comes, Lighthouse will always be there. So we will see you all next week for our last episode of season four. 